0: Welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Pitino. And I'm Conrad
1: Toll. Yeah,
0: why don't you tell them what today's all about.
1: Today we're talking about the ancient pyramids and how it was built, why it was built, who built it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be talking so about much. aliens. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if, well, I'm going to be talking about aliens too, I
0: guess, a little bit. <laughs> but we're, the reason we're doing this topic today is because it was actually suggested to us by a person on our Facebook page... <laughs> So why don't you head over to our Facebook page to search for Bizarre Conspiracies, follow us, and yeah, you can tell us a topic that you want us to do that we haven't done before or even if it's an older one that we've done but we haven't done recently, we'll gladly get back into it. Or if it's one we've done but we did it wrong. (laughs) Which could be any of them,
1: really. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, we, we take we are completely open to suggestions for topics and today was really fun. I love it when I get a topic suggested to us and then I learn something I didn't know before. And that's about the alien that I...
1: Yeah, so if you got a tip for us, head over to Facebook.
0: Or you can email us at BizarreConspiracies at gmail.com. Also, I want (laughs) to make a public announcement. We're on Anchor. I think I did this in the last episode, but um, through Anchor, so we were able to go on several other podcasting websites like Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. There was a couple of other websites we've never been on before, but now we're on that platform. So literally anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can now find Bizarre Conspiracies. We're on like nine or ten platforms. That's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. It's still blowing my mind. But anyways... Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the pyramids and then, uh, later in the show, I can talk about the alien that
1: i All right. So the pyramids are one of those weird phenomenons. Everybody's heard of them, mm-hmm. but then the, they're, they seem kind of boring in a sense when you just look at them because there's, there's nothing really too awfully special about them. Seemingly. And I, they're just, I they did they hear a conspiracy. In the desert. I
0: did hear a conspiracy once that in the, in the right time, when the time comes, the, the pyramid will open from the top and like it'll activate this portal that we can go through to save human race (laughs) that's one of the coolest theories i've ever heard
1: Um, i think i read a fictional book that had that
0: yeah i'm sure there's Um, i'm sure there's a bunch of
1: anyway the 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 the, have you ever looked on the what are the inside of the pyramids even look like have you ever seen pictures from the inside of pyramids eric
0: so i've seen a few but they're they don't really have a bunch of them available online. So like they have these huge open chambers <laughs> that um you can gen- you can easily get to from certain pyramids. But I think the pyramid of Giza is one that they haven't don't want to get into because they don't want to ruin the integrity of the structure or whatever.
1: Uh no. Or or, they, or do they, they, they have one? I don't know if they allow cures, but yeah, they've been into every single pyramid I they've found. Any pyramid they
0: well How no that, that's kind mean. of what I mean like they, they don't allow tourists in there so
1: yeah but I know well, in a couple that, that of them be- they do I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. See if they allow tourists into the into the pyramids. But the, they're typically told to be the burial places for um, the pharaohs, right? Mm-hmm. However, there was never found to be any uh, mummies in the actual great pyramids. In the the other pyramids, there were, but in the great pyramids, there were not. I see. Um, but the more you look at it, the the crazier, a little more. You know, at first glance, the pyramids are not anything special there's a bunch of rocks stacked up on top of each other that could be a burial but well. it seems very primitive it's not really all that special at a glance but the more you dig into it the more questions that keep popping up right like how was it built and to that one that one's the, the probably the easiest mystery i was gonna to say i've never ours.
0: really i've never really been one to like wonder how it was built because just a bunch of squares or just a bunch of blocks put together right <laughs> and well, i do know the- that they have had to carry like the the ones that weigh like 3 ton or whatever i know mm-hmm. they put them on Sleds, And they had like eight to ten people um, with rope on each side dragging it it along.
1: Well, the one, the the one, the two ton rock, I
0: believe. hmm. The one I read said there was like eight to ten people. But they had one guy on the actual sled on the very front pouring water Mm -hmm. down to the sand so they wouldn't clump up. And it'll be an easier, it'll be an easier time to heave it, (laughs) I suppose.
1: Mm -hmm. So how many tons of rocks can you haul, Eric? If we're counting pebbles in my front door, probably quite a few. <laughs> but so the the issue is not so much dragging the rocks, but getting them up into the air and stacking them because they're two ton rocks. How do they lift them and all of that?
0: Didn't they build ramps?
1: Yeah, generally, that's the idea is that there was ramps and that sort of thing. There's been a few theories, but there's no actual story or method that was shown of how they built it no cranes or well i mean like yeah
0: it was never documented that we know of
1: so if you after you get past the the regular of well that's a I guess that they just had to figure that one out and you know put a little extra muscle into it and i guess they could probably build it but then you start looking at how it was built and all the special ingenuity that went into it mm-hmm. the tip of it tracks Constellations mm-hmm. and right, it does. The corners point towards the cardinal directions of the the Earth, the true directions, not like magnetic direction, but you know the true orientation oh, of how I the see. Earth spins. And then, so it lines up with the axis. I didn't know yeah, that. Ooh. And it was built so long ago that the Earth. Axis was at a different point at that time, right? In fact, do you know the old saying, Conrad? Uh, I know many old sayings. Which (laughs) old saying are you talking about?
0: As the world spins on its axis, one man works while the other one relaxes. Hmm. It's just just one of my favorite ones, and that made me think of it. Anyways, (laughs) Gary,
1: carry on. And then there's another one uh, the fact that it's perfectly level, it's a six acre, I think it's six acres. Maybe it's 26 acres, big wide building, Mm -hmm. but it's perfectly level. Even after sitting for thousands of years, it's only shifted like an inch overall from one side to the other. Mm Mm-hmm. And so uh, some people think that those um, inaccuracies were, you know, there present when the building was built, that it was originally one inch off just because they couldn't get it perfect, and that it wasn't perfectly in line with the true north of the, the planet when it was built. Or you could say, no, it was in line, and the Earth axis has shifted, as we know that it can, and that maybe the um it was a true level and that it shifted over years due to you vol- know volcanoes um earthquakes something that couldn't be um uh accounted for when they were building it because they could account for you know the earth compacting and that sort of thing and make sure that it, the earth was already as compacted as it could get before they built the building hmm. but then if you go well, wait a minute. If that's not an accident, and if you look at the, the way that the, the pyramid was built and the mathematical equation that it would have to take to shape it, because it's not actually perfectly straight along the edges, it dips in ever so slightly um, on it, towards the middle because it's a four-sided pyramid, mm-hmm. and it kind of bows inwards on all four of the sides in such a way that it actually promotes stability and gives it a straighter look w- when you're dealing with like the the curvature of the Earths and that sort of a thing. And then if you there when it comes to the, the construct the interior construction, the, the um, when you look at the lines that come because th- that's how its entrances are about halfway up, I believe, and then they slope downwards into the center of the pyramid where the these two lines meet up at, at the the entrance. And I forget, I think they call that the the Queen's Room or something like that. And then that leads to the gallery, and then there's the King's Chamber below that. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, one that goes even deeper called the, um, I don't even think they have a, a special name for that. I think they just call that the the Underground Catacomb or something like that. Okay. And if you look at the, how those were built and planned and all of that, it would have required modern... Calculus to figure that out because they of the shape that they took they they use things like the um, uh, the golden equation not the golden equation the the golden something there's three different mathematical equations that were just recently discovered within like the past 400 years that they put that and started teaching that in school Mm -hmm. and so if you look at all how mathematically advanced the pyramid is you would have to come to the conclusion they were perhaps more technologically advanced. In mathematics, back then, than even we are today, with computers and that sort of thing. Because to replicate the building of the pyramids is not something that even people with computers can actually, you know, say with certainty, yeah, we could replicate that. I think there's a bunch of other questions that arise and mysteries like... How come there aren't unfinished pyramids? Because they say that building a pyramid would take at least 20 years. And you're telling right. me that a project that takes that long was finished, all of them? There was never a pyramid that was started and then abandoned? But something <laughs> got full funding for all 20 years? Every single one of them? That is interesting. And then if you look at pyramids, there's pyramids found on all of the continents. And... None of them are improperly built, and all of them seem to have proper shapes. There's some in the, I think there's one in South America, right? Oh, there's one in South America, North America, Asia, Europe, Australia. Where's the one in North America? It'd be in Central America, like in Mexico. I see, like an Aztec pyramid or something. That's interesting. So if you look at all the pyramids, it starts bringing a bunch of questions that are not impossible, but they start becoming Implausible.
0: One of the questions I had was: So obviously, during the time of the Pharaohs, when the pyramids were being built, they had other buildings, right? They had to have other buildings and little houses and etc. Yes. None of that survived. Just these pyramids. There are
1: a few other buildings that survived, but hardly. Yeah, you're right. A lot of it very. So, like, what, what
0: was the life. difference? Like, what did they use in these pyramids that made them stand the test of time?
1: Well, first off, their pyramids, which are Inherently stable.
0: The design themselves just are super stable.
1: Yeah. And they're made out of rock and not just any rock. Uh, They were made with a special kind that that there's granite on the interior. On the outside, there's actually mortar that was used in the pyramids. Uh, I guess that should be... Something that I should have known, but I didn't – I kind of took it for um, granite that that they didn't have mortar, but they did. Mm -hmm. And it was made with, uh, I think, gypsum and some other materials, which made their concrete about as good as modern-day concrete. So it was big, huge rocks put on top of each other in such a way that they weren't actually – that they add strength to each other by their own placement. Then it's put there with concrete. It's, it's kind of ordinary that they survive. The, the real ones that are kind of strange that they survive are their um, obelisks. You know, there's the, the, the obelisk in Washington, D.C., right over the reflecting pool. You know the one I'm talking about? The obelisk? Yeah, it's an obelisk. It's, its shaped, but it has a name. I forget its name, but it's, it's like I'm a tower. It's a yeah, monument. It's-, it's Washington Monument. Right? Oh, okay. Do you know that? Yeah, I know of what you're one? talking about. They, uh, That's an Egyptian-style thing um, called an obelisk, and it's um, straight up, pretty much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That surviving obelisks in Egypt, I think, are more impressive than a standing pyramid in some ways because, you know, it's, it's a tall thing. Mm-hmm. It's more likely to fall over. Sure. Uh, but there's a few surviving obelisks in Egypt, I believe. Um, and then there's the thinks. Uh That one is also kind of surviving, uh, surprising that it survived because...
0: Didn't that have, like, know, like, water... Erosion oh, or something on it's it. It's got
1: damage. It lost its nose and all of that.
0: Uh huh.
1: But it's it's kind of surprising that it exists. Not exists, but survived. It, it. I think more so than a pyramid. A pyramid is just a big old triangle rock sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Nothing fancy about it. If you think of the, the, uh, thinks, I mean, it's head is still up there. You would think something like that. The head would have broken off and then fallen down. And then you, you would see like this big rock that they'd have, they'd have pushed up against the statue and be like, and here's the thingy. And it's head that fell off hundreds of years ago.
0: Do they know what's inside it or underneath In- it? Thinks? So
1: the sphinx, yeah, they're they're Um, it's got, uh, there's, I believe an, underground network of tunnels and this is where it starts getting a little bit sketchy because there are lots of reports Mm -hmm. in ancient documentation like Pliny the elder and other reputable um sources there of underground catacombs and tunnels that even connected pyramids together and um you know in ancient Egyptian uh, mythology and even in Greek mythology kind of blend together uh, with the story of the the maze the, the big maze in what's it called what's what the other the word for maze, maze? Yeah, the big maze in Egyptian and Greek history I honestly don't know what you're talking about big maze Yeah uh I forget exactly how it fits into the, how it fits into. Are you talking stories. about the,
0: are you talking about the underground void? No, the labyrinth.
1: Labyrinth. Oh, that was another word for the void. Anyway, the, the labyrinth in Egyptian mythology, in Greek mythology is said to be based off of uh, a labyrinth uh, that existed at the edge of one of the tri- uh, pyramids uh-huh. in egypt uh that the, because there are records of there being a labyrinth at uh, a huge labyrinth i forget exactly who it was that recorded the existence of this labyrinth but there was this massive labyrinth in egypt and at the corner of it uh, there was mentioned one of the uh, pyramids not the great pyramids but one of the pyramids and then there was a different um eyewitness account of a a, a tunnel that went from one um uh, went from the labyrinth to the city of Cairo, where there was other uh, pyramids. Mm-hmm. So that's where things start getting a little fantastical, I would say.
0: Do you ever get into the uh, the reading the books of um, that one Greek historian, Lenny the Elder? No, I can't. I can't pronounce his name. It's uh, Herodotus? Herodus? I can't ever pronounce the name. He talked a lot about the pyramids in Egypt.
1: I don't, I, don't, I, I probably did. I don't remember his name.
0: I'm going to text it to you. <laughs> you know me, I'm terrible with names. But he, this guy, he went as, as far as writing a book and, and about the pyramids and how they were built with a machine that he named after himself. Huh. <laughs> I didn't get into it because everyone 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 that I was uh watching, like actual um archaeologists they were saying that this guy was just full don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting anyway. But the reason I asked about the Sphinx because do you remember when you told me that real angels don't look anything like what the modern day perception of yeah. them are? Yeah. Well, apparently the real one of the one of the one of br- one of the breed of angels looks exactly like the Sphinx. And they said this chimera-looking creature that was an angel was actually a guardian to one of the gates that goes to heaven. The other one goes to the underworld. And I Ooh. thought, that's interesting because... The Sphinx has this underground network. I just couldn't remember what it was. But it has this, like, underground chamber. I remember hearing about this door that, like, no one ever went through. Hmm. I thought maybe that might have been it,
1: but who knows? It could be the labyrinth. The idea with the labyrinth is if you went into it, you would never be able to come out. That <laughs> you would get lost. and That it was impossible to navigate the labyrinth successfully.
0: What if you just tied a rope around yourself pull yourself back
1: <laughs> um i'm sure there's a way to get well, through it, it to modern day and i think i think that the no, no no i think in the legend the um the fellow the greek fellow who successfully navigated the labyrinth had to use a magical string
0: okay a magical string yeah who was this merlin no it was one of the greek um
1: heroes i believe
0: you know, I'm surprised no one's ever just let a drone flown in it, recorded everything,
1: you know? Inside the labyrinths?
0: Yeah, like in, inside pyramids well, in general. The
1: labyrinths have not been found. In fact, it's said to be a, a, um, a legend and not actually existed. So it's like a myth? That's what they say. But if you start looking at all the things that just don't add up around the pyramids, you might just come across a cover-up. Yeah, I think there's a cover-up just about everything. <laughs> What's the so, cover up with this? There is a few different ones. So this, the, and it goes on which theory you want, you want to believe. There is a theory that the pyramids, well, okay, all of them start with the pyramids weren't built by people. They were built by aliens. Generally how all of them go. Right. There's this one that that they were, see, so you've heard about the Tesla tower, right? Sure.
0: Yeah. I've heard about the Tesla tower.
1: It was a thing that he built that it was going to create, um, a way that, it would project a, a strong magnetic field uh, and be able to connect to the electrical current of the sky or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he
0: wanted free energy for everybody.
1: And then there was going to be... Um, and then it was also going to be strong enough to connect to the electronic uh, force field of the, the, the shifting plates, tectonic plates. And that it would use the motion. It, it would take that motion and turn it into electricity and would then get energy from... Just the Earth itself, and that by taking the energy away from the tectonic plates and that sort of thing, it would stop earthquakes as well.
0: Yeah, I've heard about it.
1: Uh, it would turn turn the earthquakes into electric energy and dispo. Okay, so the idea is the Egyptian pyramids were the same thing, really, uh, but just even more high tech than and the Tesla um, Tower. Tesla Tower. So the idea is that it was that the labyrinth that uh the, down below water would flow through it and you know water's uh the would be the connector to the tectonic plates mm-hmm. and the the center of the pyramid is built out of um, a limestone that has lots of magnesium in it, mm-hmm. but the caps, not the capstone, the out, the exterior part of the, the pyramid was built out of limestone known as white capstone or something like that. And it was known to be an insulator, an electric insulator without magnesium. So it would, um, it would provide like an electric barrier, uh, around the, the electric, um, conductor inside of the pyramid hmm. And the it, the gold cap on top of the pyramid would serve as a, um disperser uh disperser of energy yeah kind of like the the receptor to the sky mm-hmm. and that was how the aliens um <laughs> got power and that, that also is the story for why gold is so valuable because if you think about it gold has no actual value to anyone until just recently in modern day sure. um electronics Is the only place where gold has any actual real value. So it makes no sense why ancient people coveted gold so much. When you think of it, you know, silver is shinier and it's harder to keep uh, shiny. You know, it tarnishes. So you would think that a shiny silver thing would be more valuable than a shiny gold thing because it's more rare, but also it's clearer and it's shinier than gold. And it's stronger than gold as well. So it doesn't quite make sense why it would be that the, um, why gold would be so valuable unless you wanted it to be an electric conductor outside in the elements, you know? (coughs) Sure. Capped on top of a pyramid. So that's why it was so valuable because the aliens wanted it so they'd give the people lots of, you know, valuable things for gold because... You know, it was a very profitable trade for the, the aliens to give something, you know, fairly common to them, which was abundant food and that sort of thing, for gold. Because they could use gold and they could overproduce food a lot easier than they could go get gold themselves. You know anyway. The, do you know the race of aliens? Um, I don't. But that that's one of the things that I, I guess we'll... I was going to have you speculate on, <laughs> but I, I've, uh, the, the group that I've heard talking about was the, uh, Anunnaki, but mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Yeah. Know in my,
0: in my, in my research for aliens in general, the only group of aliens I've ever heard about that wanted gold, was the anunnaki for their nibiru planet hmm. i don't know if it helped them charged up their spaceship or whatever they needed it for in terms of how they were using it on the pyramid but i know that they mined for gold uh wait way before egyptian times i'm talking about like early days of man they mined for Do you gold that's
1: something that all aliens have been portrayed as wanting is gold that's something that like a lot of aliens are said to want gold
0: i wouldn't say a lot of aliens okay
1: but just like in in not not in the actual records of aliens but you know depictions of aliens in fiction
0: yeah usually yeah in fiction usually they're always depicted as needing gold for
1: something so i i don't know that's it's kind of an interesting thing because if if we were to record as a species something that aliens wanted Mm -hmm. It would make sense they would want gold, even if it were just generalizing all aliens as Anunnaki. Sure. Because they're the only ones that actually expressed their preference of what they actually wanted. That would be like the the sort of thing that would leave um Mm -hmm. behind. Just a thought. Yeah.
0: I know one of the stories, I didn't read too much into it, but one of the stories was they needed it to save their dying home planet. I don't know exactly how gold would help
1: yeah I don't know either. But you know uh, they're
0: aliens. They're supposedly you know eons more advanced.
1: So another thing that I uh, found interesting is there was um supposedly light bulbs um in the the pyramids. Uh, there was many different uh, there was there was a, a record of a fella exploring the pyramids and he said that he found a a glass bottle as long as a hand and as wide as a finger. And that it, when they walked into the room, lit up brightly. And this was before the invention of light bulbs.
0: Sounds like a smart bulb to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he said that when they went over and tapped it, it immediately turned off or it so went dark. So weird. And then, as much as they tried to get it to light up again they never could get it to light up and i've i've known light bulbs to break when you tap them you know you just give it that little bit sure to break the filament on the inside i've
0: never heard of light bulbs in ancient egypt before
1: this is the first time i've heard of that one too and i, I ran across some pictures uh in on hydroglyphs of things that looked like old-fashioned light bulbs you know the the long um Ones that look... Um, not like, like... The, the ones that have the bulb shape, but being about somewhere between four to 18 inches long and circular and having a big long wire that runs the whole length back and forth. Kind of mm-hmm. like the original light bulbs. Yeah, I know what you're talking another, about. Another thing that I mentioned about um, light bulbs is, <laughs> that I just thought of is apparently old-fashioned light bulbs were better than current-day light bulbs. Oh, yeah. That there was this idea that the the general, uh, that the like the three different light bulb manufacturers at one time got together And they made a a pact with each other that they would not make a light bulb that lasted longer than a certain number of years because they were still um, they were making themselves go out of business because they sold light bulbs. They need the money. So they started making light bulbs that would burn out faster so people would have to replace them more often and therefore giving them more money. Mm hmm. So the idea is that these Egyptians had the better lasting light bulbs. (laughs) In fact, I think that you can look this one up, but I believe that there's a light bulb that has been on continuously since like 19 something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a fire station and they've never replaced it but it's to be fair is only running on a little bit of power it's not at full full um sure. full wattage but it's still been on since like 18 something
0: that's insane well we're uh pretty much on a break here so we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we'll continue this uh investigation into the pyramids into the egyptian pyramids and then we can get into some alien new alien species for me be pretty cool so don't go anywhere we'll be right back all right. And we're back from the break. So we're going to continue with the uh, pyramids. So-, so
1: I just wanted to kind of go over uh, one little thing, um, just kind of finish up uh, the creation of the pyramids, what their purpose was. There's three. I, I talked a, quite a bit in depth about the um, tonic one. There's another one where it was like a underground um, underground. I guess they call those water wheels and that it would also project its energy mm-hmm. out the top. Mm-hmm. And then there was, a third that it was that there was a holy relic inside of it uh, that would pow- that would you that would power the world or this magical energy device. I like, I don't know if you call it a holy relic, and that it was taken by Moses, and that's what the um, Ark of the relic. Covenant was. What was inside it, or what it was yeah. generally? No, that that's what was inside it. It was Oh. So the the Ark of the, the Covenant or whatever, is actually didn't have the Ten Commandments inside the box. What it actually had inside of it was this power generator <laughs> magical device and that Okay, so one thing I know about
0: the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> was that it was supposed to house an incredible power that would bring down a kingdom. That was in its description, but uh-huh. nobody knows for sure what was in it. I knew it wasn't the Ten Commandments but
1: i don't so, I, I didn't think it would be a power generator <laughs> yeah it was a mega power generator that would also so all three of the theories that i've run across all agree that the the um the pyramids would disperse the power from one pyramid and then send it to other pyramids or it would send it to the the obelisks I see. which would be the power receivers
0: were these the fine um, minds of reddit
1: no <laughs> Maybe um, uh, So one of them, Moses steals it. The other one, it's Nicholas Tesla's thing. Um, and then the other one where with the underwater power thing required that there was like this water transporter or this water dimension it had mm. something to do with water being able to fit into a smaller space. So, so that there was this cup that never emptied or something like that. And that it, it weighed the same okay. amount depend, and you could put as much water into it as you wanted and, or, or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I kind of looked at that one and went, okay, that's, that's kind of dumb, but it had this cool sh- um thing where it would show the underground, um, labyrinth as Mm -hmm. the water transportation and it kind of had this interesting way of how that's how it would kind of work like a a water generator kind Mm -hmm. of like a hydroelectric dam and turn it into electricity i'm like eh, okay i'll mention it anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's very easy
1: anyway so that that's um my segment on why the pyramids were built.
0: So did you get into at all um, the people that were constructing it? Because I know there's I know there's quite a bit of controversy on whether or not there um, were actual slaves or paid workers.
1: Yeah, to me, that one really doesn't make a difference because paid <laughs> workers back in the day would be considered slaves today anyway. So it's like, well, they weren't that kind of slave. They were this kind of a slave. <laughs> to me, it really doesn't matter. Tomato, tomato. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of people are like, no, they weren't slaves. They were most certain. They paid like whatever interesting they lived in camps and they didn't really have a choice because the pharaoh wanted the thing to get built it's not like right i don't it, and whether or not there's a choice it's still like they got worked to death there's do you stroll. know
0: do you know the pharaoh that commissioned the pyramids
1: was it uh rameses the second rameses the Ramesses or ramses <laughs> i think it's Ramesses. Okay, Ramesses it the be. second uh, Ramses. it kind of sounds like uh, i don't know a, a child's word for rams <laughs> he got ramsied <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ramesses the second sa- yeah it was Ramesses.
1: um okay i didn't know that, that was the actual pharaoh uh yeah um i thought it was also- Oh, oh it might have been it might have been i know that Ramses II was the the fellow the the last great um the, or no the greatest uh pharaoh he was like the most powerful fellow really yeah interesting okay and that after him egypt declined it's just not the same mate yeah <laughs> so the, this theory with the one where uh moses leaves with the um with the holy generator relic thingy Arc. um yeah the the um the theory is one, when he took away the power that was during Ra- uh, ram that was right after rams ram- ramesses ramesses <laughs> and that's why it declined is cuz they didn't have power no more
0: i see do you pers- what what do you personally believe thousands believe and thousands any of any slaves of or aliens
1: oh um <laughs> I kind of want to go, see this one, I I really don't, I don't know. I don't believe the energy generator theory about the pyramids. That one, but do I think aliens or slaves?
0: Or do you think slaves built it Uh For aliens.
1: I, I I think I kind of go with that one because okay. it's not, it, I mean, if you look at it, it's a bunch of rocks with cement. That's something that I can see somebody actually doing, but like the aliens are like the engineers and they're like, okay, this one goes here. This one goes there. This one goes there, but you're going to do it. That one I can see. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of more of what I go yeah,
0: with. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of go with that along too. Personally, I believe if aliens had built the pyramids themselves, they would have been like some kind of metal structure structure metal or glass structure to me but
1: i don't know well i don't think they would exist anymore if they were Built by aliens.
0: How do you know, Connor?
1: Well, no, no. Like, (laughs) if they personally built it and it was made out of like metal and iron and that sort of thing, I think they would have taken it with them. Oh, I see. I don't think that they were going to, you know, put a lot of work into something just to leave it.
0: Eh, Aliens don't put a lot of work into anything unless it's world
1: domination. So, yeah, that's why I kind of think it was aliens using people. I gotcha. All righty.
0: Are we moving on to the section of the. About aliens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) About aliens.
0: (laughs) So forget about the pyramid and the aliens. Let's concentrate on the aliens here. Well, specifically the blue avian species. So the avian humanoids are a common motif in mythology, folklore, and popular fiction. The term avian usually refers to an alleged alien species. Here's a quick story, too. I don't know if it's true, so take it with a grain of salt. 1962, on a desolate stretch of French Road, a businessman claimed to have encountered a gang of aggressive bird-like beings which uh, not only blocked his car but allegedly attacked him the first encounter of this utterly unique close encounter was published in 1968 the report came from a man who was at the time described as a young researcher from the southern part of france his name was leon (laughs) tregano Anyways, Tragono interviewed the perturbed eyewitness who under strict conditions uh, had to be anonymous, confessed his perplexing tale to the young UFOologist. So here is the witness's own accounts of the event. Uh, So we're going to call him Mr. S, right? So this is Mr. S's uh, details of what happened to him. Like all good tales of terror, this one begins on a dark and stormy night. One evening in November, 1968. Two, I was driving along a minor road. It was kind of like a dirt road. It was a dark night and raining in the torrent. So I was driving with my lights fully on rounding the bend i saw 80 meters ahead is that like roughly 200 something feet i don't know something like that 80... eh,
1: a little more than 200 feet
0: okay a little more than 200 feet but 80 meters ahead a group of figures clustered in the middle of the road i slowed down to avoid the group and at the same moment it split into two parts my window was down and i leaned my head out slightly to see what was going on it was then that i saw the beast some kind of bizarre animals, which with the head of birds covered with some sort of plumage, which were running uh, from which were running at me from two sides towards my car. Terrified, I rolled up my window, accelerated like a madman, and stopped 150 meters further up. I turned around and saw those beasts, those nightmarish sorts of beings, which were heading uh, in the sky with a flap of the wing towards a luminous dark blue object, which was hanging in the air over a field on the other side of the road. Upon approaching it, these beasts were literally sucked into the under part of the machine, as if by a whirlwind, then I called a, then I heard a dull sound like a clack and the object flew off at a unnatural speed and finally disappeared. And that was the end of Mr. S's story. But Tri- Trigano's report continues. It says, it seems strange that these bipedal bird creatures were sucked into the flying saucer rather than climbing back inside it. As it happens in most reports. As bizarre as this may uh, sound, one almost can't help but wonder whether these birds were actually the pilots seen by Mr. S. If they represent some kind of alien pet or even a food source, kind of equivalent of intergalactic free-range chickens, after all, is extraterrestrials have got to eat too. But Mr. S had no interest in the UFO phenomenon or even making his story public. Simply for the fear of being thought mad, even if the witness had no interest in pursuing the origins of these creatures, the rest of us are left with the conundrum of just what the heck happened in the the middle of the night this guy back in 1962 and it kind of so he kind of ends the story there and someone else i i was looking up these uh, blue avian creatures and then some guy was like referencing this story and compared it to um oh what's his name john keel no george ah something zachariah sitchin here we go sorry But um, yeah, he makes a story and he says, uh, in 1849, Sir Austin Henry Lyard, an English archaeologist and global uh, explorer, found himself among the ruins of ancient Babylon in southern Mesopotamia. It was there he discovered the the first pieces of what would eventually become an archaeologist's most controversial puzzles. And that's the cuneiform tablets. Have you heard about the cuneiform tablets before?
1: Um, Yeah, there are a lot of them, like 22,000?
0: Oh, jeez. I didn't know there were
1: that many. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm thinking of the same thing.
0: Well, he goes on to say, but the idea that this ancient civilization knew some sort of distant star systems and had interactions with extraterrestrial life started conversational, re- uh, conversational researcher and author named Zachariah Sitchin. His ancient alien theory... Attributes the beginning of the Mesopotamia society to a race of bird-like beings known as the Anunnaki. This is what what we were talking about a little bit before the show. Uh, Who traveled from the 12th planet called Nibiru. And Nibiru's the planet that I told you was in dire need of gold before it was going to be completely destroyed for okay. reasons that I did not read further into. But now I wish I did. Anyways, Sitchin argues that there are Sumerian texts which tells the story that fifty Anunnaki inhabitants of a of a planet named Nibiru came to Earth approximately four hundred thousand years ago with the intent of mining. Raw materials, especially gold, Or transporting back to Nibiru. With their small numbers, they soon grew uh, tired of the task and set out to genetically engineer labor to work the mines for them. After much trial and error, they eventually created Homo sapiens sapiens, the, the modeled man or atom in later mythology, or so-called. Sitchin contend, contended that the Anunnaki were active in human affairs until their culture was destroyed by global catastrophes caused by the abrupt end of the last ice age some 1200 I'm sorry some 12,000 years ago seeing that humans survived and all that they had built was destroyed the Anunnaki the Anunnaki left earth after giving humans the opportunity and means to govern themselves Sitchin's work has not received mainstream scholarly support and has been criticized by professionals that his uh for his you know review on his work so I thought it ties in for me is a blue avian species because their their description of bird beings, these bird like creatures are exactly the same. The only difference is these avian creatures are actually blue. I suppose that's why they're in the the label, but they are these almost neon colored blue alien species and they do have wings, although that's not the only form that these blue avian species take. Remember I told you that they're tied into a New Age belief, kind of like this new um, religion? Yeah, yeah. It's called Star Seeds. Have you ever heard of this? Um, new? Not surprising. I never heard of it either. But I did hear it's uh, the, the other name that it goes by, Star People. Mm-hmm. And what it is, according to the channelers... Starseeds, or star people, are advanced spiritual beings from other planets and realms who possess possess spiritual and scientific knowledge that they back hundreds of thousands of years. They are extraterrestrials that arrive on Earth through birth or... As a walk in to an existing human body, meaning that they can sometimes overtake somebody's body, kind of like when a demon possesses somebody, but we're not talking like a bad possession. We're talking about an awakening process. They claim to come into human life forms and suffer helplessness and total amnesia concerning their identity origins and life purpose the awakening process claims to be described as either a gradual series of realization over time or an abrupt and dramatic awakening consciousness through the awakening process they regain memories about their past origins and current life mission so none of this is new this belief or or any of this none of it's new in fact there was a book in that came out in 1976 by brad steiger and it was called books uh i'm sorry (laughs) it's called gods of aquarius and it introduced a lot of this stuff for the first time uh to to the ufo community to people who believe that there was something else out there and maybe it was a higher power right there's
1: a song called the-,
0: the age of aquarius that's not the gods <laughs> <Yeah>. of aquarius <laughs> but, but it kind of ties in a little bit the ideas and concepts around star seeds come to us through channelers and seers who regularly connect with the akashic records now do you remember when i was talking to you conrad about the akashic records yeah so it's this kind of like this library that's on a completely different space of time, a different plane, kind of like a spiritual plane. And in it, every piece of knowledge known to man is there. Mm -hmm. Everything you ever need to know about yourself and and purpose of life and life itself and other people, oh, there.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And did you know that below um, the the pyramids of um, Giza, not the pyramids, uh, actually the Sphinx, there is uh, supposedly a library called the Hall of Records. I didn't know that. No, I don't know. Just just something that I A just lot. Believed. A lot of this is
0: tying up together if you mm-hmm. want to go into this new age belief. um. But yeah, I believe it was the episode I was telling you this guy was having a intergalactic affair. And, yep. and he, he, was, he was typing what he experienced on his on his computer and his wife read it and got all jealous completely funny um <laughs> <laughs> anyway these records comprise the energetic imprints of all uh, intentions thoughts emotions relationships creations events that have ever occurred throughout every race in every realm throughout all of space and time So it would be like super walmart in the galaxy right it just has everything while much of this information is is relatively easy to channel and comprehend there are several um Sorry, I completely lost where I was. There I am. There are several uh, uh ways of how star seeds come to Earth and there are many types of star seeds as well. So you know how there's uh let's see there's the Sirius thing it's called, the the clusters of stars, there's so Sirius and then oh, what are the other? Huh? Give me a second. I need to pull it up.
1: Alrighty. Star well, seeds. I just one thing that I wanted to stick in there about uh the Anunnaki did you know that there is a Greek god who is a blue bird? His name is Horus. Have you heard of him?
0: Yeah, the uh, sun god, one of the sun gods.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, blue bird, and uh, according to uh, Anunnaki.org, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have um, they they found uh, a a general. Um, they found three different stories of the creation of man uh, in Egyptian, Greek, and Sumerian uh, mythology, mm-hmm. and all of them show um, a very similar picture. I feel like uh, Sumerian
0: mythology holds a lot of clues for for the uh, the Egyptians for these for these beings these quote unquote gods, right? Because mm-hmm. they're they're all referencing each other,
1: and the Sumerian gods, I believe, in their mythology is known as the Anunnaki, and that's where that word comes from.
0: Mm-hmm. well so i found what i was looking for um there's several different types of star seeds or star people so these are regions of space where these souls or these beings reside and come from right so there's a syrian these souls come from the planets sirius a and sirius b sirius a is a brighter the brightest star in the earth's sky its original inhabitants come from okay. vega I found- Whoa, Sirius just wanting to get into this conversation. (laughs) Did you hear that? A little bit. (laughs) The original inhabitants came from Vega in the uh, Lyra constellation, the supposed home of Earth's ancestor. Sirius B is a smaller star and home to the water being like like beings these uh me mingu minu, or mer people i think i'll just use that word mer people i am suppose that's like for mermaids or something these two planets are the awakening of all human beings it said that series a gave us uh ascendant masters like jesus and mother mary hmm. another one is the andromedan so we've heard plenty of stories about the Andromedans before. Um, I know I have. Other ones include Indigo, Crystal, and Rainbow. Um, Oron. The Orians will ask questions about every detail. They will try and create living beings here on Earth who are based in the mind. That one's rather confusing. Reptilians, also known as lizard people. And draconians, we've talked about them before recently. These yep. shape shifters seek to control Earth in the pursuit of self-benefit. So these beings and these the souls of these beings come to Earth and and they come to Earth through birth and they go through this awakening process and they figure out what their, their, their original intentions are and what their mission is and they try to accomplish that. That's what this new age belief is and it's really interesting so the um one of the ones that i really because we talk about or not we but this group of aliens are are talked about all the time in UFOology the palladians talked about all the time well it says that the palladians exist within a fifth dimensional frequency which is where love and creativity are born they are a they are the the society that that elevates women children and families ideals are the palladians have uh behaved much like like humans, except that they are far more emotionally and spiritually evolved. Some might use their advantage, advanced skills to maneuver uh, human beings. Although uh, they, they, they come their main purpose is, come here on earth and expand its consciousness and evolve they want earth and earth beings to evolve and this yeah. is where the blue avian species Believe it or not a lot of people think these blue avian species are god like the god itself up in the sky this is what they i wouldn't say worship right because that that's such a christian thing to say
1: Do to um other aliens uh blue um, do they create other alien races as well? The blue avians, yeah. No, okay. They
0: they control other aliens, um, through mind, like sheer mind I power. See. And but they they don't intervene too much. Their main purpose is also kind of like the Palladians, which is why I highlighted them and wanted to talk about the Palladians a little bit. It's very similar. Their mission: they want to enlighten everybody here, which I find extremely fascinating. I had no idea there was this new way religion almost about these blue avian species so it's it's surprising to me for one that they're considered loving embrace embracing but then i mean you heard the story i told earlier right they were attacking this guy in the middle of the night this poor guy chasing this car until they flew into their ship yeah (laughs) so here's the thing i have a problem with we don't know for sure if they are the Anunnaki. They could be completely separate beings. There is just literally not going to be concrete evidence to tell us these are the avians, these are the Anunnaki, they're completely different. So we don't know as human beings, because I guess in, in that certain aspect we're so ignorant, we, would, we wouldn't know the difference unless they were exactly as they're described as being bright blue, um, almost translucent beings. Because the people that actually like the blue avian and believe that they're the highest god they take on this kind of angelic form it's really weird it's really bizarre but they're also tied to the egyptians um
1: building the pyramid
0: for what purpose i have no idea i couldn't actually yeah, find any couldn't find the any evidence I, on it
1: i was having difficulty nailing down because the idea of it being this energy source that's I don't know, that's very fantastical in my opinion. I don't <laughs> I I don't know if I can get quite on board with that one. But then why else would it exist? And then if you look at all the I didn't mention this, but there's a lot of people uh, who are against archaeological um study of the pyramids mm. and they they'll deliberately shut down any archaeological um discoveries that are trying to be made like there was this one fellow who had a robot that he sent into a hole and he came across this door whoa and they, they wouldn't allow him to go through the door. Um, I see. And that sort of thing. It was just... Uh, it, so there's this idea that there's this group that are in the know of what the pyramids are for or something. They know something and they're trying to get people to prevent... They're trying to prevent people from figuring out what the pyramids oh. were really all about and that sort of thing. Some people yeah. say they're trying to keep them away from the halls of... um Halls of Records. What, what was it called? The halls of...
0: Akashic Records?
1: Yeah. well uh, one of the one of the theories but i really don't know like what what exactly are these people trying to prevent i don't know so that that's to me is the mystery of the pyramids is why exactly were they built i still i've spent so much time studying it and i still feel as though i'm just as far away as i was when i started
0: right it's very interesting because it almost seems like these uh, well at least this certain creature the certain um alien and the Anunnaki if they're not the same they almost seem to have the same end game questions like if they were influencing early man for the pyramids what was it for what's its true purpose right really bizarre so I had fun with that I think I might do a whole episode one day about star people um cuz i'd never heard of this uh, religion before but it also seems kind of kind of wonky to me a little bit because the same person that i was listening to telling me about the star people and and it's god the blue avians it, the same person was also also had a video called how to be a witch <laughs> basic witchcraft <laughs> like like, no those two should not go together (laughs) i don't know if there's like some kind of deception going on there or something but yeah very interesting either way um i'm gonna try and get a hold of of one of these people that actually believe that they're starseeds like they're like a reincarnated soul of um one of these species if they yeah yeah if they like to do
1: an interview um Uh I would I'd be asking be that because <laughs> I got tons of questions.
0: Me too. But apparently, they have a purpose for Earth and human being. I want to oh, know what it
1: is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there is one, one. Um, I don't know, there's like a million different questions that come up. One thing that I, I want to know is, about the pyramids is, is there more underneath it? Because there's a lot of theories that there's more down there. There's an idea that the pyramids are um, mirrored. That if you keep going down the pyramids, if you go into the, the subterranean... Uh, um, sure. Uh, chamber you'll have crossed the mirrored line and so if you can find the way up to the um which would be the, the reverse mirrored uh, catacombs so you'd have to go up from the bottom one until uh, you find the um, the passageway that leads from the reverse sides um uh, the reverse sides um underground area you can Jeez. go into the undergrounds um rest Lots of its to think area. about
0: hmm? so that's a lot to think about
1: yeah and that you can keep going further on down and they're like this so it's not the pyramids is not a um triangular like thing it's actually more like a diamond shape um anyway
0: do you think there's a whole city down there like still thriving
1: i have uh, probably not it's hard for things to survive without uh, energy being put into um the system like most ecosystems require constant energy being applied to it in order to stay alive what is the pyramid
0: Pyramids so, are just giant batteries that can never go out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a, there, there was a story about a fellow who stood on top of the um, who stood on top of the pyramid, uh, and this was like in 1850s. Uh, I don't sure. know. And he said that he felt an electric tingling, so he planted something at the top of the pyramid to diffuse electricity, and it it started um, arcing out electricity into the sky. So who knows? Maybe it is a massive battery. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so uh, w- but one of the questions that I would like to get to, that I would like to know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's millions, but the the one that the, what I think is the next question is: Have we found all that we're going to find if we keep looking? Is ha- have we seen everything that there is to see? Because a lot of the theories that I've seen are based on the idea that there's you know more evidence out there that we just need to find. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's a hidden library, there's hidden catacombs, there's hidden this there's hidden that if we can just go one little step further we can find everything else so i think there is more to find is like what is there more underneath the pyramids i'd like to believe there's
0: more to find i should say and that's another well remember when i was telling you they should just send a uh, like a drone down there or something Mm -hmm. it's like we 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 take the time and money and and years to send uh these little rovers out into Mars and and the moon and all this and to search and survey and you know it, it, like we can't we can definitely do this for the pyramids we're just not doing it. Right. So and do you think some
1: there's some people that I think that do have um I think good motives. There's some people are like uh-huh. nah, we just need to leave it undisturbed as much as possible um because if we keep digging we'll What are they afraid of? Damage. Um Well, they don't want just anybody to explore the pyramids. They want like extreme professionals and they want to make sure that everything's being done in the exact proper way. And there's no mistakes being made in the archaeology. Like they're not trying to stop everything entirely. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to slow things down and make sure it's done right the first time. Because if you do it wrong, then you're going to damage something that will never be found again. Uh, And then there's other people Mm -hmm. that I think are just being rude. (laughs) It's like, no, I don't want anybody going in there. (laughs) Um, then I think there's some certain people in the tourist industry who like to perpetuate um mysteries. Sure, oh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, so I think there's many different reasons why there's people trying to stop exploration of the pyramids.
0: Well, isn't it, isn't the pyramids, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? I am a I'm lost for words today. Isn't it? Isn't the pyramids controlled by the um, government over there? Yeah, so like they like it's national property. They can choose to decline wherever they want. Uh, yeah, so, I think, yeah, I think that it's controlled by bureaucrats. Do you think that the heads over at Egypt know exactly what's down there, and they just don't want us to know about it? I
1: don't know. They've been. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. They've been I explored don't think before. Nobody knows down there
0: but the curiosity of what's in there has to pique their interest a little bit, right? I mean,
1: nope. <laughs> they could just they could be satisfied with what they already know or or maybe they're afraid of what's down there.
0: That's a, kind of what I'm what I was getting at like are they afraid that if we we go down there and explore and open a, a certain area of the pyramid like this curse will leak out to the world and we'll all die in seconds or something like <laughs> I don't know. The pyramids are both fascinating yet boring because nothing is happening. <laughs> well, I think that will conclude today's episode. Do you have any final thoughts on today's show? was even if it's well, I did about I came across aliens. a funny
1: story. Um, not a funny sure. story, but uh, a weird story. It's a story of uh napoleon the great um of uh, france he went down into the pyramids and was there alone for several hours
0: i heard this i heard he refused to tell people what he saw right
1: yeah yeah and he saw something down there and it left him visibly shaken
0: do you think he was? i don't know
1: exactly what it is but wouldn't it be funny if like only true monarchs (laughs) <laughs> get, get revealed like you have to be over like a certain a certain authority and it's like oh pyramid has recognized you as a worthy ruler <laughs> um but there's a there's another um there's an alternate um idea that i i ran across that was kind of interesting um have you heard So, you know, Ramses II, he had his Greek name. His name in Greek was um, Amadeus, I think. Not Amadeus. um,
0: His Hellenized name?
1: No, no, no. It's just uh, his his Greek, his name, the the Greeks called him by... um,
0: Like a nickname?
1: Asmodeus? Asmodeus, maybe? Uh, There's a famous famous, um, poem written about it. There was this fellow who, he uh, found this... um, statue laying in the um laying in the sand and it was of ramses ii and on the pedestal of the statue the statue had fallen off the pedestal mm-hmm. it said um my name is Osmendius, which was his greek name uh king of kings uh look upon my works all ye mighty and despair and it said that in egyptian hmm. Um, and the idea, and then it's, you know, the the person who wrote the poem said that they looked about and they saw nothing as far as the eye could see. The idea is even the, the greatest of their time, Ramses II, who, you know, the most powerful Egyptian. And that's all that's left of his legacy is rotting stone. <laughs> if stone could rot, then... Sure. It's as, it's worn stone over time in the middle of a desert. Archaic building. It's a great thing. And so that's one of the theories that that's what happened to a Napoleon is Napoleon went down there and he saw he was expecting all these great things that he was going to see. And all he saw was an empty room. I don't think an empty room would shake him up the way he describes, true, but the 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 idea of that one was he looked around and he like he was expecting glory and riches and wonders and all of these things, sure, and then it realized that, hey, this is going to be me in a few hundred years <laughs> you know <there's laughs> is nothing this is truly all of the legacy of the great ssy's <laughs> second this is this is all that's going to be <laughs> here for what about my legacy, damn it, yeah. So. At least Caesar gets a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even a good salad. It's it's pretty bland as far as most salads go. It doesn't even have, you know, interesting peppers on it. It's just, what, cheese and croutons. Cheese, it's not croutons, great. chicken. It's, it's oh uh, Yeah, chicken. It won't be great until a few few years go by and somebody invents a thing called ranch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love Caesar salad, okay? I prefer it over ranch. You don't, Although-
1: you don't like You don't like ranch salad dressing on your Caesar salad?
0: (laughs) No, definitely not. You know what I like (laughs) ranch dressing for? This is gonna sound weird, but I like it as a side dipping for pizza.
1: That's pretty common, though, Eric. Well, it's pretty tame. Okay, perhaps. I was expecting something does, weird, like you liked it with, I don't know, peanut butter or chocolate. Totally,
0: or I, I get, I get ranch. I squeeze <laughs> it into my jar of peanut butter, and then I dip my whole pizza. No, I make my own ranch though. I don't like store bought ranch. I think it tastes weird.
1: Well. This is how you know we've run out of things to talk about. We went from <laughs> we went from Napoleon to peanut butter and homemade ranch dressing. And you like
0: know what? I'm going I'm going to con I'm going to experiment in the kitchen and come up with a brand new dressing for salad. And I'm going to call it Ramesses. Okay. Ramesses is the second salad.
1: You got to put something in there that's Egyptian.
0: It's going to be amazing. We've I'm going I'm
1: gonna- to the egyptians use
0: i don't know but i'm gonna build the leaves in a, in a pyramid
1: <gasps> did you know that Ramses II was with a redheaded what yeah like they found his mummy um and it's well preserved and all that sort of thing and they ran a um they ran a, you know test dna sequence yeah and they, they discovered a lot of things about him uh they he lived to be 90 He was like a really old he outlived most of his kids that that's
0: sort of pretty thing. old for egyptian times
1: yeah um, they think that he might've died from a, a, infection, a dental infection.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Uh, but they, you know, they don't know that for sure. He had some sort of a skin condition, uh, a genetic skin condition that, which makes some of your skin have spots on it. Kind of like you, know, you have spotted animals. Like leprosy? Not like, not like that kind of spot. More oh. like, you, you know how cows have those big, uh, the, the standard black and white cow has this huge, um black and white patterns sure Uh, it was a skin condition like that where you just have these large patches of different uh pigmented colored skin
0: we see that in today's society yeah so he had that back then wow yeah Um, that's actually pretty cool to find that out
1: and he had red hair (laughs) (laughs) he was a
0: ginger well then i'll throw some tomatoes in the salad too how about that some cherries, I, maybe some cherry tomatoes. Those are pretty tasty.
1: I think you gotta put no, no, no that would be more like a Mediterranean thing. You would, you is it? No, 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 no. I was thinking my next suggestion. I think you oh. would put something tangy in there, like a, like a, um, uh, a banana pepper. But then I was like, no, nah, that's too Mediterranean.
0: Uh, I don't think they had banana peppers in Egypt.
1: Well, I don't know where do banana peppers hail from. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> well, before this podcast becomes a cooking show. <laughs> go ahead and end it there thank you again for the suggestion it was really fun diving into this uh again a lot of stuff i didn't know and i love learning new things so thank you for the suggestion if any more please let us know and uh, yeah for the rest of you thank you for listening to bizarre conspiracies if you want to email us you can do it at bizarre at gmail.com that's one word bizarre at gmail.com and we'll catch you in the next episode